One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Probably True Stories of Queer Life and Even Queerer Sex. Please be aware that this podcast contains strong language and adult themes. It would be boring without them. I'm sure you've never heard from a gay person before, but I wanted to share my coming out story. Like many of us, I didn't come out till I had graduated college. If you ask me that first moment of when I realized I was gay, I could probably pinpoint the exact moment in seventh grade during summer when I was at camp. I saw this lifeguard. His name was Ian. Still remember it to this day. I remember exactly what he looks like. Looking at him, I just felt something different, different than I had ever felt before. I didn't know exactly what that meant in that moment. It was probably high school when I started to figure out, okay, something about me is just a little bit different than all the other guys around me. I didn't feel comfortable yet saying I was gay. I barely felt comfortable thinking it, to be quite honest. All throughout college and even high school still, I tried to distance myself as far as I could from the LGBTQ plus community. I didn't watch queer stories. I didn't listen to queer podcasts. I wouldn't dare watch Brokeback Mountain. That was an absolute no for me. I really felt that if I focused my attention on what I considered to be straight interests, I would just be straight. I remember thinking all throughout college that this is just what my life is going to be. I am going to marry a woman. I am going to have children. I might not always be 100% happy, but I will be happy with the life I had created, even if that meant hiding a version of myself. Towards the end of college, I wound up meeting a guy. We wound up having a very, very quick romance. The last semester of college, it was almost like now's the time to do it. We were both in the closet, which I would say now does not make for the healthiest of relationships at all. Talk about traumatic and dysfunctional but it showed me that there is another life that I could live. And after college, I started to turn to dating apps because they were the only place that I could go and discreetly meet other men without fully being out. So even on the apps, I had not been out at the time. I first turned to Grindr, which for someone who was in the closet was a little bit overwhelming for me. I saw all these photos and I was like, oh my God, no, I can't look at that. <laughs> I wound up downloading Tinder because I heard that a friend was on it. And I remember thinking, oh, this is so creepy. You're meeting up with strangers that you're meeting online. And keep in mind, this was 2014. So a little bit ago, I wound up matching and talking with all these different guys. I was always too scared to meet up with them in public. My first thought was, what if someone I know sees us? What if I get caught? This is just too awkward. It's uncomfortable. I did what all of us do. Deleted the app, downloaded again, deleted the app, downloaded again. And I remember one Friday night sitting with my friend on the couch. I was like, okay, this is the moment I'm deleting the app for good. I'm not ready yet. And I matched with this guy, wound up talking with him 
all weekend. When it came time to meeting up in person, I ghosted them. I was like, I'm sick. I'm not feeling well. Had a mean girls moment where I was like, I'm sick. I remember tweeting something along the lines of, I let my anxiety get the best of me. And the guy that I had been hooking up in college, who was also in the closet, texted me. I saw your tweet. Please tell me you did not F it up with this guy already because I had been telling him about him over the weekend. And he was like, you need to just go out on this date. I wound up apologizing to the guy I matched with. I let him know I've been in the closet for 22 years at this point. This was a really overwhelming meeting for me and I just was not ready to do it. And he totally understood. We wound up FaceTiming and texting every day for an entire month because he had gone away for the summer for work. He came back on a Saturday. Our first date was on a Sunday. That Thursday, he asked me out officially. And we have been dating over eight years since because I don't want to go on another first date. (laughs) I'm so blessed that as traumatic as it was to be in the closet for so long, and it was, and I'm 30 now. I came out when I was almost 23. I'm still dealing with, I call it PTSD from hiding yourself for so, so long. But I consider myself lucky because I didn't lose family. I didn't lose any friends. Everyone around me said they knew. I wish they had told me, but it's really nice that they gave me that space to figure this out for myself and come out on my own instead of forcing me out of the closet, which happens to so many people. I just feel really fortunate. I mean, I'm Jewish. So my mom's first reaction was not, are you gay? It was, are you dating a Jew? (laughs) Alert, alert, I'm not. So I think that overrode any concern about me being gay. They were like, oh no. But a couple years after coming out, I started to think more and more about my journey out of the closet, how seamless to an extent it really was. And that made me want to create a better future, an easier future for queer youth who came after me. And I wound up reaching out to the Human Rights Campaign, which is the largest LGBTQ plus nonprofit here in the United States. I became a volunteer, later joined the steering committee, and am now on the board of governors for that organization. I've been with them for over four years. And it's so interesting to hear the different stories of everyone around me. I work or volunteer with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s, who didn't come out of the closet until they were middle-aged. A lot of them didn't, weren't able to come out in their office, in their workplace. And then I also am meeting people in middle school, people in high school who identify as non-binary or transgender, and they don't even feel the need to come out. They don't understand why their identity is even a topic of conversation. They think it's no big deal. It's overwhelming, but it's, it's so beautiful to hear their stories and how different it is from my own. When in reality, we're really not that different in age. So it's nice to see that progress from me who I would never even say the word gay in high school. And I remember going to a counselor in high school who was really doing their best to help me come out of the closet. I remember being so turned off by that and I stopped going to them completely. I actually never spoke to them again after after that conversation. So it's it's really nice to see how far we've come. 
over the years. And that's not to say we're done. You know, the work is not going to be done for quite some time. But I love seeing how much more open we are as a society and how much progress we've made. Who made the first move with you and the the dude in the closet? So I did. Oh, well done. I had some liquid courage. We <laughs> had taken a class together and some part of me thought, okay, maybe he is gay. And I thought, screw it. I DM'd him, gave him my number. And the next day I woke up to a random number texting me saying, hey, what's up? And I was like, who is this? And I Googled the area code and it was from where this guy was from. That's sort of how it started. We became friends really quickly and then more than friends more quickly. <laughs> I love that you didn't think to kind of go, hi, who's this? As a response to the text, you, you Googled it instead. <laughs> so I had to see what was up. It's a little bit of homework. Yeah. <laughs> I had a car senior year. So I remember inviting him to a pregame at our apartment and going to pick him up before we had started drinking to bring him downtown to our apartment uh, to meet my roommates. And I remember feeling so incredibly nervous. My hands were sweating. I was like shaking, driving, and my roommate was in the front seat. And in the back of my head, I was like, do not show you're nervous because to him, this is just one straight dude picking up another straight dude. And this can't be a big deal. He fit so easily in our friends group that I felt like, oh, this is nice. I don't have to worry about that. But I think we both were really nervous because we had never had a conversation about either of our identities. And we never once said that either of us were gay. We never had that conversation. There was no like awakening moment. So a lot of it was very subtle movements, cues, things like that. But it was probably a month, two months of friendship first. A very kind of charged friendship. Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I like that tingle. I find it very sexy. It was, it was confusing, again, because there was no open dialogue. There was no conversation about anything of substance when it came to our identities, what we were feeling. Our conversations were pretty much like the conversations I had with any of my straight friends. So it was always in the back of my head, like, is this happening? What exactly is it that's happening? I really have no idea what's going on, but I'm just going to go with the flow and see what happens. That relationship, for lack of a better term, absolutely changed my life. It changed his life too, because what happened after graduation was he saw me meet a man and he saw me fall in love with them. And he was actually really, really encouraging and supportive. Seeing us two together and how happy I was helped him realize that he wanted to come out to his own family and he came out to his friends after. So I would say it worked out for both of us in the end. Oh, and it's nice to be the thing that other people see that gives them hope. When he told me that he came out to his parents and his siblings, that meant a lot to me. And it also, it showed me the importance of sharing our own stories because at least when I was growing up, so many queer stories were just grounded in trauma and loss. And that definitely happens. And I don't want to discredit those experiences, but we, we rarely shine a light on the really happy, positive moments that happen to queer people. And I think that's part of why I stayed in the closet for so long is because I was honestly petrified. I saw all these movies and shows about people who came out and were harassed. They were beaten up. They were murdered. They lost family. Their friends stopped talking to them or they lost their job. All these horrible things. And I thought, why the hell 
would I ever do that to myself? Um, but there are really uplifting, positive stories that come out of our community and our our rainbow family. And I want to be one of those. And that's why it's really important to talk about all the good things that happen. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like, what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is a promo for The Astrolic Explains. A podcast where I, Chris, a non-scientist, ask astronomy questions. And I, Alfredo, as the astroholic, try my best to answer them. So, Doctor, what are black holes? Why is Pluto not a planet? What's up with the sun's poles? Why does Jupiter want us dead? Is Betelgeuse going supernova? How is the universe going to end? Can we hitch a ride on an asteroid? Is there Chris, life- this is a 30-second promo. You can find The Astroholic Explains on all your favourite apps or follow at The Astroholic on all social media. I'm interested, what what made you want to be doing so much of this for other people? Where did that urge come from? It took a while. It wasn't like I came out of the closet and immediately I was like, I'm going to be a queer advocate. Um, <laughs> that was absolutely not my journey. A few years after coming out, I started to pay closer attention to queer stories in the media. And I started to pay attention to what was happening to LGBTQIA plus youth in cities outside of New York. I felt so overwhelmed. I had to go to the bathroom and I was just hysterically crying. I realized how much of a fight our community had been putting up for decades and decades and decades. And I wanted to be part of progress and spend some time figuring out what role I wanted to play in this movement. And for me, it was taking a step back, recognizing, even though it was really hard for me to come out, even though I was dealing with a lot of trauma and um, anxiety and depression around my own identity, that in the grand scheme of things, I was really lucky and I was really fortunate. And that wasn't the experience for most people. And That's when I started doing research. I was really excited about the work that the Human Rights Campaign was doing. And I reached out to the national headquarters in Washington, D.C. And I was like, I need to be involved with this organization. (laughs) I need to be involved with this movement. And had a conversation with the team in greater New York realized that my role on the team would be social media. That was something that was natural to me. I wanted to run their social media platforms. And four plus years later, it's been honestly the most rewarding journey. They've really helped me become more comfortable with who I am. And it's also nice that 
I do have a community of other LGBTQ plus people because when you're in the closet for so long and you're really trying to distance yourself, all my friends are basically straight. Like nine out of 10 friends that I have are straight. So it's nice to have people with a shared identity, a shared background, shared experience, people I can talk to about topics that I might not be able to talk with my straight friends, not because they're not accepting or open to hearing them, but because it just doesn't resonate the same way. Was it a conscious decision to start looking for that community and that connection? Because like you say, all of your friends were straight at that time. Or did you find yourself just kind of being drawn to it? It was gradual. And I think it was more because of the industry I work in. I work in public relations. It's very dominated by women. And there's a ton of LGBTQ plus people in my field. So I started to become friends with other gay men at agencies I had worked at. They're the ones who brought me to my first gay bar years and years after coming out to watch RuPaul's Drag Race, which was the best experience. Uh, I never <laughs> want to watch it at home again. What a high. But I remember that first time being in a gay bar and tearing up because I was so overwhelmed. My coworker, I remember he looked at me and he had known my journey and my experience. And he was like, wait a minute, have you ever been in a room around this many gay people before? And I was like, no, this is literally the first time I had never felt like I wasn't other than. It was the first time I felt like everybody else. And it was a beautiful moment. Yay. If you had some advice for someone who was maybe in a similar boat to you, either not come out yet and thinking about it or haven't yet experienced the family feel of finding their, their rainbow community and everything. like There's a couple pieces of advice based on what scenario you're in. If you're still in the closet, do not let anybody pressure you into coming out. You need to come out for you, not for anybody else. And you can do it on your own terms. And also, you don't have to, to come out at all in the way that society makes us feel we do. For me, the way I came out was I introduced people to my boyfriend. I changed my profile photo on Facebook to a photo of me and him. That was my way of saying, this is who I am and this is who I'm with. I did it on my terms. So do it the way you want and when you want. And for those of you who might be out of a closet and haven't found your community yet, I would encourage you to realize that your community is whatever you choose to make it. I sometimes get a little bit anxious and depressed when I look on Instagram and I see these groups of gay people on Fire Island or in Speedos or whatever it is. And I feel like I don't fit in with them. And that made me so upset for so long. But I've made my own chosen family. I've made my own community. And you absolutely can too. And no one should tell you what that has to look like. Do you have something to plug? I work at OkCupid. During the interview process, when I started doing my research about the app, I realized that it's actually the most inclusive dating app in the world. They were the first to introduce a pronouns feature for LGBTQ plus people. And we later actually opened it to straight users as well in an effort to normalize the use of gender pronouns and not put the responsibility only on queer people. Um, they were also the first to expand gender and orientation options. There's over 40 options for people to choose from. And if you identify as LGBTQ+, there's actually over 60 for you to choose from. So anything you can possibly identify as we have it on our app, we understand that people don't fit into like a singular box. So we don't make you choose one of these 60 options. You actually get to choose up to five if that's something that works for you. 
Yes, the majority of people on OkCupid are straight. They have introduced features to make queer people feel safe and accepted on the app. How can I complain about my job if I'm like helping people either get laid or find love or both? So if any of you are interested in downloading the app, or maybe you already have a profile, if you email subscriptions at okcupid.com, I am more than happy to upgrade your account for free. You can have an absolutely amazing experience using our app for free, but why not get all the paid bells and whistles if you can? And if anyone wants to get in touch with you on the socials? You can follow me at Michael KPR on Instagram and Twitter. And my last name is spelled K-A-Y-E. That was Probably True, the multi-award winning storytelling podcast created to remind all of our queer siblings that we are none of us alone. If you like what you heard and you want me to keep doing it, you can support the show at patreon.com forward slash probably true. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.